Hello and welcome to the Unmissables podcast number 45. Yes, 45. unbelievably, we have reached almost 50 uh, of these podcasts, which some would say is the world's foremost trawl through popular culture in the podcast form. We've yet to find anyone who doesn't call it that. Mm, That's true. the voice of Kay Ribeiro. Hi. I'm Boyd Hilton. And this is the voice of Steph Seelan. Hi, everyone. Each week, we look through mostly television, but today we're doing a film, and we review it in depth. And we also chat about stuff we've been reading, watching, listening to as well, on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. The in-depth, meaty reviews this week will be of Marcella, Series 2, starring Anna Friel, returning to ITV. I'm banging the table because it's such a big deal. This was one of their biggest drama hits of recent years, Steph. I know. And it's back for a new eight-part series next Monday, the 19th of February. We're also reviewing Steven Soderbergh's Mosaic. Yes, he of Sex, Lies and Videotape, Magic Mike, Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen, and others, has directed a six-part crime drama mystery thriller. Why has he gone into TV? Well, he's, That's already, where the money is. he's already done The Nick. Do you know The Nick, which is that kind of period drama set in a hospital? That rings a bell. Yeah, did he, it have... He co-created and directed a lot of that, if not all of it, I think. Did it have... Who was in that? It had Nick people Berry. in it. Yeah, Kate no. Beckinsale's ex. Who is yeah, he? What is him. his name? Oh. Curly head. Michael Sheen. Yeah. Was he in it? Maybe or maybe not. I think you might be confusing right? that with something I mean, else. It can only be maybe <laughs> yeah. or maybe not. Yeah. No, he was in and The Sex Thing. And we are the authorities. Yeah, the he was in The Sex Thing. He was in... What was it called? The Master of Sex. Master of Sex Thing. Yeah. It's a different. Um, the Nick was different. It was good. It was it was hardcore, very very um, gory medical scenes in it, but it was good. But this is uh, I, th- I would describe this as an event. This is a six part drama event directed by Steven Soderbergh, and in our occasional series, a fairly regular series of Oscar worthy, Oscar nominated films, we're looking at Lady Bird. <laughs> Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Lady Bird. Which I thought was called Love Bird and spent a lot of time Googling the dur- duration of Love Bird. Yeah. Love Bird. Oh, I bet that's no. some sort of. I bet there is a Love Bird and it's a bit of like a yeah. saucy some, some kind porn. of weird stuff came up. This yeah. is not saucy porn. This is um, Greta Gerwig, indie queen Greta Gerwig's directorial debut. It stars Saoirse Ronan and it's been nominated for five, yes, five. Academy Awards. Boyd, I really wanted to be the one to say that the way you pronounce it is Saoirse, and you've taken that away from me now. Well, I mean... But, Steph, we'll do a little rewind. You can do the Oscar theme tune. Yeah. It's an Oscar film. Is it an Oscar film? It's an Oscar film, yeah. Ding! <laughs> Thanks, Kate. I'm not sure if it a theme tune, but... We'll, I mean, we'll have it. that's we'll true. Have it. It's a noise. So okay. Can I just say about the Nick? Okay, so the Nick, what, did star Clive Owen, Owen. and the staff of fictionalised version of Knickerbocker Hospital. Mm. Sounds fun. Also known as the Nick in New York during the early 20th century. Yeah, there you go. There Clive you go. Owen, yeah, Clive Owen. He's good. He's good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I think this is even more exciting uh, foray into television drama from Soderbergh. Before we get to all that, though... It's that time where we just talk about what other stuff we've seen in the week or other stuff coming up, whatever, or listening to, or, you know, podcasting, all kinds of options. And as ever, in the format we're sticking to, (laughs) I asked Steph first what she has been looking at. And I would like to congratulate myself with a pat on the back. That's me giving myself that. For this being my third week of not watching anything on Netflix. Oh, that is good. Yeah. Good, isn't it? It's remarkable because up until three weeks ago, every single week it was stuff you'd watch on Netflix, usually true crime stuff. And 
Okay, well, it's all true she crime. She hasn't given up okay. true crime, boys. Let's Don't not be, be crazy. Let's not go mad. Okay, so I'm listening to a podcast, which is horrendous. It's called oh. Atlanta Monster. Oh, God. Oh, it's brilliant. Five <sighs> parts so far. Okay, it's about... Okay, this is not... You should probably leave. I'm Basically, in Atlanta... There were lots of children that went missing, okay? And, yeah, it's horrible. I won't give too much away because you have to listen to the podcast. Um, and basically, they ended up pinning these murders of all of these children. There was, like, 27. There was up to 29 children that went missing, okay? This was, like, 40 years ago. And um, they pinned the murder on this guy called Wayne Williams. He but wasn't now, guilty, was he? But now oh, there's questions about guilty. whether he's guilty. And that's what this is about. It's about the lead-up to getting Wayne Williams and then whether he's really guilty or not. What do you think? I'm, I've got to say, I think no. I think no. Oh, now, I think he's a bit of a nasty bastard. I think it's got to be no. Otherwise, what would be the point of the podcast? Like, <sighs> that is such a good point. <laughs> Maybe that's um, the ultimate twist, though. That would it be a good twist. It leads you down the garden path of thinking, oh, this is about a gross miscarriage of justice. In the end, it's not. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a great twist. Look, put it this way, okay. The reason they think it was Wayne Williams, okay, is because they found him in the middle of the night going over a bridge, dumping something into the river, and they'd found discovered that the bodies that were turning up in rivers were could only be being thrown off the middle of the river and he said at 2am that he was out trying to find the house of someone who he was going to see had an appointment with the next day and his job was a child talent scout so he'd basically just drive around saying to children well, like i can make you famous i know so it's kind of like you can see why mm. i've got to admit it's not looking dodge. good for wayne is it but Wayne talks to us from prison and he seems fine. He's still trying to put together a band, ironically. Is it? From a band. prison, yeah, and managing people in prison. Anyway, I feel like I haven't sold this quite in the way I wanted to, but it's very good. No, I'm intrigued. Five episodes so far. What's it called again? Atlanta Monster. Okay. It's very good. Catchy n- title. It is yeah. It is catchy. Monster is a good word, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I also watched... <laughs> like I, Loch Ness. I know. It's a sequel. When is it? Like Monsters... Yeah, everything with Monster in is good, actually. Monsters Inc. Yeah. Monster Munch. <sighs> Pickled yeah. onion all the way. Beef, come on. Mm. No. Oof. What do you mean? Gross. What's your favourite out of the two? Come on, pickle, settle this. Pickle thing, yeah. Pickle. Yeah, pickle thing. Pickled okay. onion. Oh, I do <laughs> love, pickled onion probably is my favourite, but I do like beef. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Oh, God, did you watch that awful Jamie Bulger documentary? No. No, oh. I need no. to catch up on it, though, because I was obsessed with that case. I think, isn't there one on Channel 4 and one on ITV? I think the one on Channel 4, Kelvin McKenzie, in it, which means it cannot be watched. I knew you were going to say that, because yeah. I know you hate no. Kelvin McKenzie. And do you know what? Honestly, I hate Kelvin McKenzie, too. Yeah. And that is the, you know, obviously the whole thing is horrendous. So, yeah, this is, Chan- it was Channel 4, the yeah, one that the I one watched. The one with Kelvin McKenzie. Yeah. There is an ITV one as well, yeah. is there? Oh, God, because obviously it's coming up to a certain amount of years. It's just, it was horrendous, but... It's kind of, it's just so interesting. The way that they posed this whole thing was like, was justice done with the with what happened to them? And oh my God, you hear the confession tapes. What in of terms these of boys. should they have been in prison for as long as they have been? No, did were they treated correctly at the time? Right. So you hear, so you've got both of their lawyers talking and them saying, um, and you hear extracts of them being interviewed and oh like, God. oh, it's really harrowing. I'm going to watch that because I was obsessed with that case. That's, back, it's kind of of our time, isn't it? That we were like, that was the yeah. huge thing when we were younger. So yeah, it's. I know what you mean, Boyd. Kevin McKenzie, I have to say, you can never watch it because he is thoroughly irritating. But well, more than that, it's a whole thing about, you know... It is horrible. It's a whole thing, yeah. Yeah, it's Well, horrible. can you allude to what the thing is? Otherwise, we're he just doesn't, He doesn't like stuff like that. It's not nice. Go on. Well, it's all to do with Hillsborough. I mean, you know, he, he was responsible. He was the editor when The Sun had the infamous, disgusting front page blaming the victims for Hillsborough. Yeah. And it took him about 25 years, I think, to apologise. And Liverpool still with a boycott of The Sun in Liverpool still to this mm. day. And, of course, that happened. 
yeah. in Liverpool. So the whole thing was just wrong. I don't know why he was on it. It was a big mistake by Chelsea. Yeah, Everyone's does, furious about it. He does try and make out that he is some in some way responsible for Michael Howard uh, changing I bet um, he does. the yeah. changing their sentence from eight to fifteen. Yeah. And like, I mean he may eight be, to fifteen but, years. Yeah. No, 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 I don't think he is. No. There was a huge petition. It wasn't okay. Kelvin McKenzie. Okay. Anyway, it's very fascinating. Oh. Ooh. James Bulger doc right Je John has just shown me Bulger doc acts James Bulger documentary The Bulger Killers removed from 4OD by Channel 4 after backlash okay forget everything I go. just said you can't watch it there you go that's I feel like we have live. watched it because you described it so well live Steph. yeah I think it, it, I mean there was a big huge outcry on social media about it and I think they really screwed up because anyone with any sense would know yeah. that Liverpool deeply resents him and they shouldn't have had him he involved. He's the worst thing. So, so that's the reason. Are you the saying that's is, the reason why it's been taken down? Well, I think so. I wow. He didn't actually need to be on it. I don't know why. No, it was we very didn't. interesting with the lawyers. It, yeah. He didn't need Ridiculous. to be on it. Anyway. Anyway. You can't watch it anyway. Now, I don't know. I've been watching some lo what I like to call live TV. Oh, God. But just I've, to clarify, this isn't actual live TV. This is just normal terrestrial TV. TV that's on on a Monday, okay? And, right, I don't... <laughs> just Monday. That's your own de definition of live TV, no, by the way. Listen, right, I can, I've become obsessed with this show. Right, if you know anything about me, I do not believe in diets. I don't believe in dieting. I think you should just eat what you want, whenever you want. But there's this show which is just gripping called How to Lose Weight Well. You know with that, like, sexy doctor? His name's... Um, he's got a twin brother. Oh, I've forgotten his name. He's got a really right. posh name. Okay. Anyway, there's a show. It's one hour on a Monday. And basically channel it takes four, three. I think. Yeah, Channel yeah. 4. It takes three types of people who want to lose weight. People who want to lose weight in like four days. People who want to lose weight in six weeks. And some people who want to lose weight in three months. And it puts them on all these different types of diet. It's honestly gripping. And then in it, he's always like debunking things. Like this week he did... Um, are um what do you call it watches gps watches fitness tracker things are they are they good or not honestly i can't stop watching this show it's brilliant i know it sounds unusual I have to say you're the least likely person to i need to watch I this know. show to watch this show it's really I, I, do you know it's i think it's the personal stories you just fancy the doctor don't you yeah fessa, it I think it's part of that, it that? but also like i love to know like some of the people like they get so emotional when they lose the weight like they like people are getting married mm. and it, it's really nice i like the <laughs> you journey. know following the it's journey. journey it's the journey, it's the journey. But, People are getting married, okay? Yeah, but it's really nice. They're like, oh, I really want to lose. How to lose weight and get married? It's really nice, and like people are doing like races for charity. It's just lovely. Anyway, so that's what I've been watching. Nothing on Netflix. I think you've bowled us over. Yeah, it's a bowl over. It's a bowl over. Kay, have you been watching stuff not to do with grim true crime? Uh, yes. I mean, you can watch stuff to do with grim true crime. No, you know that's not for me. That's entirely up to you. I leave that down. I leave that for Steph. What is in your bag? I tell you what is really in my bag right now: the trauma final. Oh final yeah, episode, the, the finale. finale. Yeah, trauma. the final episode. <laughs> the final. The trauma final like sounds it was, like a, a, <laughs> like it's a football match know, as yeah, well. Like a, oh, Boyd, you still need to tell me what happens when we get out of here. Can you tell me what happens? Yeah, so, yeah. Have to watch so, Boyd, you've seen it, haven't you? Yes. Pogs, it's on tomorrow. I think Wednesday because people it's on the ground. This yes. is John Sims' new drama with Adrian Lester. That we reviewed last week. Yeah. 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 yeah, but what if you just decided to tune in now because you're like, oh, no, no, I, I'm just adding to the general background information. All right. Well, last week we discussed it, and Steph had said she found it. So tense yes. and traumatic, she wasn't going to watch any more. But we, Boyd and I said, it is really good, which Steph agreed with. And I said, I'll continue till the end. It is. So last week, Boyd was saying that there's this new kind of like culture among people to feel like they're, everyone's just professionally disappointed with the endings. And I have to say, I wasn't at all. There were a couple of minor things that if I was being picky, but if, if not, just on balance, it was just, I think, 
the perfect ending to it. There's mm-hmm. so it's between John Sim and Adrian Lester, the doctor, um, the doctor and um, John Sim's son died in hospital during an operation that um, Adrian Lester was doing. He's fixated on the fact that he thinks that um, Adrian Lester is responsible for it. And yeah, you've been getting goosebumps, It's right? making me feel tense now. Well, there's an outdoor confrontation in the finale that is absolutely exceptional. Like, you go through such a... Exceptional? Like, I don't yeah. even think you've used I that re- word on this it podcast. It was so good. I discussed this with Boyd because it just, you know, by the end of it, you've got such a thorough understanding of both their perspectives. Like, before... I could only see it for what well, for one of theirs. And then by the end of it, I was like, mm, no, I completely see it. And it just, afterwards, it just makes you think deeply about the things they discussed. Well, for me, it resonated with me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that was the first thing. I wanted to I'm very you glad you liked it because I thought it was brilliant as well, yeah. It's so, it's so good. It's, it's, it's a must watch. So it's an object lesson now to do a very a self-contained, because there's only three parts. It could have been, you know, the ITV could sell, no, we want it. You stretch it out to five, six, seven, eight. They're showing it over consecutive nights. So it's really, like, if you watch it in that way, I think it's really satisfying because it's a very intense, I mean, it's so intense you can barely talk about it. I can't, I can't but do you know so what you really said? It was like, done, yeah. you know, over the three nights, mm. but, you know, to make it event mm. TV. And at the time I was like, mm, what's he talking about? But now I totally yeah. see it. It has yeah, made it into, going, yeah, yeah, a real Good. talking point. Right, so that's first thing. Fiji. Spiral, BBC Four. Um, oh, I've heard about this. God. Someone told me that I'd really like this. What excellent, is it about? Excellent, um, police, um, French police drama. Right, it's a foreign drama. It's a, a show read you've got for you. to read. You've got right. to read it, okay. Steph. Mark that down. And um, I'm sure a lot of the pogs have already been watching it because we're on the sixth series of it. Oh, but <laughs> no, but that doesn't matter is because it's self-contained. Each series is self-contained. Okay. You can watch it. So it hasn't got the same detectives in it. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, but is it not- like the tunnel? where you get more out of it if you go and watch it from I mean, I'm going to go back and watch it, but it's on your preferred streaming network of um, Netflix. Oh. So go back to the beginning. Right. Okay, well, right. yes. It stars Caroline Proust and Thierry uh, Goddard, and it's an excellent um, police drama. And this season, they are looking into a local gang and um, police corruption, and it is just brilliant. I'm so happy I discovered it. So, Pogs, if you like a foreign drama, get on that. It's on um, BBC iPlayer. Do now, you like that, Boyd? Do you read? Do, um, you, do you read it? No, <laughs> no. But I think yeah, it's everyone. I think my mum loves it. Right. Well, there you go. So we know your mum. My mum is, is um, she watches the BBC Four live Saturday yeah. night. Live, um, does she? Yeah, transmission oh. of all of these subtitled yeah, reading, great reading mm. shows. foreign dramas. Yeah. and they've and they most almost all of them are really really good. And she really likes this one, yeah. And so, yeah. Let's I'll not take. forget my Spanish drama that was on there. But you can carry on watching it live on a Saturday. Oh, yeah, of course. What was what, that called what again? Was that? Should I you know. really be friends or something like that? Wasn't I know who you are. I know who you are. <laughs> Should you really <laughs> be friends? I knew it was like a Where long title. Where did that come from? Anyway, it's out live on Saturday nights on BBC Four, Spiral, and mm. catch up on the iPlayer. Just so, saying. series one to six available on the Flicks? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next. Actually, six might not be it because it's just like about one to five. Right. Next two things, very quickly. Now, I've just finished watching the first episode of Save Me, which is on Sky Atlantic. I'm not going to discuss it in full because I know it's going to be on... Uh, you're going to be reviewing it. We'll be reviewing it. it next week, Kay. When I won't be here. No spoilers. Just don't be selfish. Just because you're away. I just have to talk about it a little bit. Sunning yourself in bloody Kay, India. Kay, what's the other thing? I think you should not <laughs> say anything about Save No, I'm just going to say it's Kay. from the makers of Line of Duty. It's written mm. by Lenny James. No, she can't be Starring Saran Jones. Focus off. on what I'm saying, Pogs. <laughs> And it's about the abduction of a um, little girl, and it is fantastic. So make sure you tune in to the podcast next week. That's enough. That's enough. Stop showing off. Okay, fine. I interviewed Lenny and some. Oh, I mean, listen, I'm just saying. It's a double show. It's a name drop. Okay, I know. Sorry, I'm the only one who can do that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to start calling you Boydetta. (laughs) 
Outrageous. <laughs> um, and the last thing, and I've just, I'm just telling this to make you laugh. I watched Shirley Valentine. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> what? Why? The 1989 film. Yes, uh, I watched it. You have it. made us laugh. Yeah, because... Um, Julie friend... Walters, Michael Caine. Oh, no. 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 Pauline Collins. Pauline Collins. Tom Conti. I'm confusing it with the other... Um... You were being snooty McGoosey yes. and you got caught out. Yeah. What were you confusing it with? The other May to December romance, whatever it's called, with um, Julie Walters and Michael Caine. Educating Rita. Educating oh, Rita. No. Oh, I love it. Which much better. I love it. I think it's the same... Rita. No, it's not better. Yeah, have you seen Educating Rita? Sh- no, Shirley... Va- no, I haven't. But Ed- Shirley Valentine is excellent. Educating Rita is a natural next step for you after Shirley Valentine. Honestly, it's so good. Right, Pauline Collins plays this. Have you you've seen it, obviously, oh, right? Of but course. But you haven't, it disgruntled, um, put upon housewife what? who goes to Greece on a... Brilliant holiday and has a holiday romance with Tom Conti. Kate, why? And why, wouldn't yeah, why, you? why did you suddenly watch it? Why not? Why are you insistent on trying to make people watch <laughs> films that are 35 years old and Watercolor Challenge? Steph, these are classic films. Why can't you watch them after a long time? Not Boys. everything's about Netflix, new films. <laughs> oh, I've got to just watch this thing on Netflix. Here, it's just dropped. Yeah, as I thought, it's written by the same guy, Willie Russell, who wrote Educating Rita. That's okay, partly why fine. I got confused. Okay, yeah. we accept Please that. Please excuse me, but Educating Rita is my I'm just better. here representing old things. No. It's great. That have been on. Now then, um, what you, have you, been watching? you may have abandoned the Netflix, Steph, but I haven't. Oh. Yeah. And you know what happened on um, Sunday night, uh, last Sunday but one, or if, if you like. If you, yeah. Super Bowl Sunday, basically. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. What happened? Great cultural moment, or a very interesting cultural moment, where if you're watching the Super Bowl in the United States of America particularly, there's suddenly a trailer for this film. The Cloverfield Paradox, which has been long, like rumored to be like, the third in the Cloverfield franchise. Yeah, Cloverfield franchise. Yeah, it's gone through a lot of title changes. It was originally called something about a, I don't know, something about particle, god particle. That, I thought you were getting people didn't with know it was going to. Let's just be friends thing that you. Said no, earlier. people didn't know it was going to be part of the Cloverfield thing, which is the same thing happened with the second one. They didn't, re- but that wasn't wasn't revealed that it was going to be part of the Cloverfield franchise yeah. until late in the day. It was going to be released in April in cinemas, and it was put back, and then everyone was like confused. And then suddenly, everyone unveiled, realized on they didn't unveil, they realized while they're watching yeah. the Super Bowl that Netflix was putting it out as soon as the Super Bowl finished on a worldwide basis, so Shut you can watch it up. there and then on your Netflix nice one, and Netflix. television. Which is not in cinema, really. not in cinemas at all. Must be rubbish then. Well, this is the interesting thing: is it or isn't it rubbish? Because obviously, immediately speculation was, "Oh, it's got to be rubbish," because that's why maybe Paramount. Who maybe it's a stunt. Maybe it's equally. Is it a stunt? Because obviously, they get a huge amount of publicity for it, and it is. You know, it's quite you know quite a big budget science fiction thing, part mm. of that franchise. But I've watched it. And it's stunt or rubbish? It's rubbish. Stunt. Diabolical. Oh, oh. I knew it. Damn and it. I'm a big fan of the previous Diabolical, two such a good Cloverfield word. films, particularly the second one. The second, second one's, one's really John good. Goodman. John... Yeah, Goodman. Yeah, because it's really um, claustrophobic set. It's basically like you know, someone ends up waking up in this claustrophobic basement, and John yeah. Goodman is this. It's a horror. It's, yeah, really it's a horror. Brilliant. And then at the end, there's the cl- with spoiler alert. There's the Cloverfield link, not right at the end. Right at the end. This is set up all a spaceship. And it's kind of like it's set in a, in a world where the Earth is running out of natural resources. So they've gone on this spaceship to try and solve this big problem somehow, this crew of this spaceship, kind of alien style, you know. And there's a oh. whole explanation, literally the explanation in the first five minutes when there's a, some kind of transmission from Earth to them saying, oh, because of this particle we've been testing, 
to try and help the situation with energy back on Earth, your entire reality is going to be twisted and nope, warped. I'm out. And so yeah. from that point, anything can happen in this film because oh. there's a warp in the reality. This matrix. sounds like altered cars. I was right? just about to say that. It's not like altered cars. It's, it's kind of like Alien meets. Um, you know all these Event Horizon have you seen Event Horizon yeah. which is a really good film yeah that is a good film um, it, and also Alien's a really good film yeah. so it makes it yeah. sound like it's going to be like good it's like all those but not good right it's like those but terrible so nothing like those and it's got a really good cast um, David Yellowo's in it Guga and Butter Raw's in it oh. from from um, uh, Black Mirror yeah great okay, actress so... Chris O'Dowd is in it oh come on Chris I know Chris but is brilliant absolute Mess. It's it's bewildered. It's a bewild- at one point slight spoiler alert, but then again, it's diabolical. It's, not, it's just a thing that happens in the middle of it. Chris O'Dowd. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that happens in this oh film. God. Chris Don't O'Dowd's arm gets eaten by the wall of the spaceship. <laughs> it gets lopped off. He loses his arm, and then his arm starts crawling around of its own accord. <laughs> and this is not played for laughs. So Chris no, O'Dowd's standing be. there. No, Chris O'Dowd's standing there. I mean, Does he, he really, lean into the he, wall? He, he, what he, gets, he he's kind of he's trying to fix something at the wall because he's like the engineer guy, right? And he's kind of suddenly the wall attacks him. The wa- what kind of wall the, is the it? The wall of the spaceship, like the literally a wall of the. Sp- so, uh, like, if you were in a plane and yeah, you leaned the side over, of the, side God, this of the is plane. like Shirley Valentine talking to the wall. Yeah, oh he's, and, and the, previous to that, by the way, a, a character's discovered who's been kind of buried in the wall. Funnily enough, which is in one of mm. the things we're reviewing today. So there's a lot of wall-based action. But anyway, he's got the severed limb running around doing its own right. thing, and he, do, he Chris O'Dowd, is kind of trying to be as wry as he can be within the context. But you're supposed to be scared by the arm. Is is the around. the sock it bleeding like yeah, what's happening it's just like it's a clean cut so you see like the well, bone in the, yeah the bone does he the try thing. and wrestle to get his arm back he tries to get it back yeah but to no avail um, and, and then the Cloverfield connection honestly once because you're all a bit like the second one you're like where is the Cloverfield connection because the original Cloverfield film was of course a monster movie really yeah. shot in that um, found footage style and so you're always wondering, how is this? <laughs> Honestly, the, some of the dialogue to explain the connection is so lame and obviously shoehorned in at the last minute. This sounds ludicrous. That it's clearly a complete mess that's gone horribly wrong, and they've tried to kind of rain, try to kind of put it, make, try and make it make sense. There's lots of, you know, oh. you, a film has been subject to it's all gone horribly wrong in the filming of it, and they have to try and <laughs> to try and put it together to in the yeah. edit yeah. when. Key moments of dialogue are off screen. You don't see, oh, and they're so like, oh, Lordy. suddenly something's being explained to What's you. What's that you say? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Oh, yes. Remember that thing in Cloverfield? Oh, yeah, it's no. a bit like that. So okay. it is terrible. And what I, I think the interesting thing about it is that in now, I feel in Netflix has got to be careful because in a way, as soon as you see a film which is expected, you'd expect to be in cinemas, arrive on Netflix exclusively. I think you're going to feel, oh, it's going to be a bit shit. But of course, we did Okja, which was great. Okja, Fantastic. So Five stars. I think that, yeah, I think they've got to be bit, the quality control, maybe, for me, it's got to be. You don't uh, want it to become think, a dumping ground. No, but did dumping they think, ground, did they think oh, this is just such a mess. Let's just try and dazzle them with smoke so. and mirrors yes. and go, oh, you can see it now. I and think that's exactly what they did. And some people go, really, oh, that's so that exciting. That is a really risky strategy, though, because you've actually made more people who probably wouldn't watch it go, yeah, God. Yeah. Netflix. Totally. Yeah. It's a cock up. Come it's a on. shame. It's a shame. But you know, if you want to watch it for yourself, the Cloverfield Paradox is now available on the Netflix. Uh, not be funny. If you point. want to watch it after that, you need your head testing. You do. You so said it was diabolical. It is diabolical. I was really, I was really looking forward to because I love a spaceship based Sunshine. That, you know that film? Really that, good. That's good. There's another Boyle, one. Danny, Danny Boyle. Boyle's film, Sunshine. It's yeah. like a bit of all that mixed together with with uh, with terribleness. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Killian Cillian. Yeah. Cillian. Anyway, let's move on. To the meat. Reviews, oh. news, reviews, news. No. <laughs> We're doing. And Oops. hold on a minute. Also, 
Right, we, should we, we haven't talked about Kiri. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, so let's do Kiri first. Um, um, I'll beep, beep, reverse from Reviews News. Quick Kiri up song. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> right, Kiri, okay, can I just say what I thought? Of course. Right. <laughs> Always. Please Listen, go. here's my problem with it. I don't mind things, I don't mind a little bit left to the imagination. You know, we were talking last week a bit about people who like conventional endings. I mean, I definitely am one of those people. Um, I just we should say this bit. We're going to talk. We're going to have spoilers now, right? Spoiler go and make alert. it. Go. Just go and make it. <laughs> just go. Tell just everyone to get, go. Just stop. Steady. It. Stop no. listening. Just watch. Make sure you've watched all yeah. four episodes of Kiri. Okay. And then you can happily listen. If you haven't yet had time to watch the finale of Kiri or whatever, then come back to us in about five minutes' time. Yeah. I'm saying. Three, two, one. Right. Kiri. I just have a. I just. It really aggravated me that not even, there wasn't a seed of anything being tied up. So all I needed to make me happier with this is that some, like, Sarah Lancashire's character to, like, say out loud, oh, yeah, but I know that she, that um, What's the Chops the Mum was behind me. I needed some of those, some of those things to look like some of those loose ends to look like they were going to get tied up. So the sun just goes off to. What do you mean she's? We watched you? the final episode. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Are you sure? To be fair, yeah. Are you sure? I Feb four. Like there's there's an explanation of how Kiri got killed. Yes. Right. That's yeah. that's a pretty that, big loose end yeah, tied. Yeah. No, that's fine. But I what I mean is I need to know that the perpetrator of the crime is very close to being put in jail oh. and the oh, right wow. person is so you've you decided your own thing is your own loose end hasn't been tied but that's the big loose, loose end of who did it that's tied yeah no. the loose end is now like that the person who is in the the dad is <laughs> yeah. freed yeah. and the other dad is yeah. quite rightly but put that's, in jail but I, that is i quite like that in a way because that is how that's yes. how it goes the that's, it's making a point sometimes. isn't it no, yes it's, it's making it a point true, about the crumbling of the cookie people are being racist tried. cookie I know, crumble but yeah. on tv i want the cookie to look like it's coming back to well, life's not like that life, yeah, exactly, but yeah. I, do you know what i thought though which i had a bigger problem with say so the dad did it and we know that now yeah it's like you're gonna say spoiler alert, yeah, right? um but like i just feel like it was so quickly brushed under the carpet. Like he, he got really angry at the sun and that was to like exemplify that he has these rage rage issues. And then that was it. That's all the explanation the, you kind of really got for. The other thing that really annoyed me is that that nasty mum, she never got her come up at she it was like I really wanted Sarah Lancashire to say, You've put me through hell, you've said all these terrible things about me, and all along she was the person who she was in danger with is actually your husband. That's what annoyed me. There was but Sarah no, Lancashire didn't know that. But there was no... That's what I mean. I wanted her to know. There was no kind of moment where, like, she should have been completely... Like, she should have been really happy at the end of that. I didn't want Sarah Lancashire to, like, just be happy that her dog had six months to live. That really was distressing to me. It wasn't... It wasn't but compare it to... I hear what you're saying, but let me interrupt. Sorry. Please Sorry do. for interrupting. Um, remember um, this writer, did Jack Thorne, did a similar thing with National Treasure, right? So you knew what the whole thing is, is or is not he responsible? Is he a child abuser? Yeah, right? but you know. So that was resolved. Yeah, but, you, but then she leaves him, so no, you know no. he's getting his come up at the end of that. Well, you don't know fully if he's going to get his come up. It's left so that he has to live with this, what he's done. She, But in this, you know, the father has to live with what he's done. The wife, remember the wife goes off into the street, doesn't she? And she's kind of like going crazy, you know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of the son... Yeah, the sun's not exactly not, an easy yeah, ride. I think, they, I think you're left with the distinct impression, as you would in real life, that this has destroyed all these lives, this incident. And 
the main topic has been solved as to who did it and, and how. You know, it's partly an accident, which is I thought it was going to come all up. Come, I thought that was going to happen, probably. I would be so irritated if it was an um, accident. But only partly, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's... For me, anyway, no, that was I need enough. No? blame attributed and somebody to be held accountable. That's the thing. No you one was held. Ac- I need justice. I re- okay. that really. Well, I was not. I happy think you're. With pro- it. I think there's probably a lot of people who agree with you. To be fair, but I think I thought it was good. And what it did include the absolutely brilliant scene where um, Sarah Lancashire's daughter, troubled daughter, brought all those people back whose oh lives, my God. which was one of the great scenes yeah. of the year. That May well really, be brilliant. I was we crying. were sobbing. Yeah, sobbing. yeah. It, it was you probably lovely. were heartlessly was, no, waiting for the crime no, to be solved. I, and it also, let's just, you know, it also had that lovely scene where the vet came out and said, "Yeah." So you came more, yeah. you came more about the vet and the dog, don't you, than these people's lives <laughs> that have been saved. That was a lovely scene where she yeah, came, well, came out yeah. and the vet, and he said, "Oh no," she said, "He's dead. He's dead, isn't he?" Yeah. And he was like, "No." And she had a little bit of a right. sob to that as yeah. well. It was emotional. I It wasn't. The ending was not concrete enough for me. Well, you made that clear. Okay, wasn't. satisfied, dissatisfied? M- medium. I was like... Medium level of satisfaction. Yeah, I understand Steph's dissatisfaction. Thanks, Kay. But um, let's just say, if you watch Trauma, you'll you'll be more yeah, satisfied with that more, ending. Yeah, yeah. That, Stop yeah. trying to entice me to watch that special watch show. It. It's brilliant. Okay. Right. Back, and we're okay. back. And we're back. Reviews news. Reviews news. That went better this time. Um, okay, guys, guess what? We've what? got 100. Oh what, Steph? Is that have we? No, we haven't. No, we haven't. That would be that would be amazing. Has it gone from like sixty-five to a hundred? Boys, please do not make that sound like you really don't believe that could ever happen in a million years. It could happen, but it hasn't happened, and we've now got sixty-seven reviews. (laughs) Great, boys. We've only got got to get how many more? Twenty-three. It's fine. Yeah, no, thirty-three. Yeah, by April, our first. As I said, we've only got to get twenty-three more. (laughs) The Sealand, the Sealand paradox. Anyway, quick shout out and thanks to Neil Locke, who says, oh my God. Okay, so he started it off by going, okay, highbrow it's not. <laughs> so I was like, that is a great observation. Do you know what? That should be our tagline, <laughs> the unmissables, highbrow it's not. <laughs> and then he went on to say, it's a proper romp. Um, he commended our honour chemistry. And he said, basically, you feel like you could spend an hour at the local Cafe Nero with a team <gasps> chatting about your Saturday night guilty Cafe TV Nero's. pleasure. So I I'm lo- thinking live events we should do. I do like a Cafe Nero. <laughs> But a live event in a Cafe Nero would be about the level of audience that we'd, we'd, you know, we'd get. <gasps> Boyd, Boyd you if you're not going to so dream big, what is the point of this? Sus. You're going to get fired from this podcast yeah. very soon, okay? Coffee for like one to, yeah. to take away. <laughs> oh, Right, swiftly moving on. Uh, we had our next review from Mira Jade. Who, oh, my friend. Yes, I believe Steph has been conversing <laughs> with uh, Mira. She's my friend who was watching um, uh, Law and Order. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Menendez murders. And then we watched the other thing. Yeah. Oh. Steph, so what did Steph you say? Oh, I have to say though, I did because Kay was staring at me um, in a really scary way and said, "Can you ask her to review?" So she, she did review. Well, Steph just came over, said she had been having a nice chit chat, which I was obviously very mm. happy with. But I was like, "Let's t- let's see yeah. if we can get another review." Yeah, let's milk this. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mira said, as a researcher on a popular TV review slash reality show, she's not. What? I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I love listening to it on my commute to um, to work. It helps me look ahead at what might be good for the cast on our <gasps> show as well as my to watch and then she said um thanks for introducing me to the menendez murders steph you are welcome dairy girls and the marvelous mrs Maisel. good luck reaching the hundredth review oh she's I mean, a super pog she's a super pog <laughs> and finally we've had um a review from someone going by the name of pog person mm. and they just said i used to love boyd's tv reviews on oh, the radio another one of them 
<laughs> but they then did say, and the addition of Kay and Steph just makes this even better. Yay! Wow. We make you better. That's a Yay! first. <laughs> first, outrageous. Thank anyway, you very much. Yeah. Just to say, we are just aiming to, to get these 100 reviews by our first birthday in April. So if you would like to be part of our pod gang and um, review us, we'd be very grateful. Just go to iTunes, look up our missables and pop your review on there. And what happens Please. when we get the 100? Um, we're just going to be really pleased. Yeah. We, we just celebrate yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Boyd we're will buy every single pog who no, reviewed us a cake. don't say something like that. Do you what? know what? Atlanta Monsters... This is legally, this legally binding. That's what I'm saying. Say. Boyd, Atlanta Monsters got 149 reviews. There's only five episodes of that. That's if we can't get more than... <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm sunk into depression. ...from Atlanta Monster. Yeah, but okay, oh, don't say something depression. No. That's a global phenomenon. This is, you know... We are too, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know what? If we get, if we had a true crime element to this podcast, not where we're just reviewing true crime, but I say I murdered one of you, um, <laughs> I and, would then, be and then the other one got convicted of it, or say John got convicted of it. Yeah, let John you know, go to prison. It was yeah. a wrongful conviction, okay. and then we can make a six-part dramatic. You know, like speaking oh. that slightly pompous, serious voice yeah. that they do and narrate these things. Yes, with. and then it worked. Yeah. So, 2018, who are you going to kill? February. Yeah. Host of podcast, Lloyd Hill. Yes. Brutally slaughtered, <gasps> Stephanie Seeley. Yay! I, Yay! I knew I was going to be yeah. me. I'm a survivor. See, oh, we're going to get survivor. hundreds okay. of reviews now and hundreds okay. of millions of listeners. Watch out for that's that murder, guys. Okay, it's how about that? Soon. We will willing, do it. If we get 100, that's what we're going to do. If you're willing to be the victim of a true crime. I am willing to do anything to get 100, <laughs> views, 100 reviews, okay? So. Anyway, let's do some meat. All right. Let's eat some meat. Let's eat some meat. And we're starting with Marcella. Marcella. Okay. Yes. This, I believe, is one of your favourite shows of the recent weeks. Yes, it yeah. is. You well, watched Marcella Series watched, 1. Series 1? Series, series 1. Series 1 I loved. You also, did you not take part in a roundtable interview situation with star Anna Friel? <sighs> I did interview Anna Friel. I mean, Thanks this is all that. adding up to you being the person who's going to explain what the hell Marcella is. Sounds that Marcella, way. Marcella, Marcella. Right. Marcella, if you haven't watched it, it's a police drama starring Anna Friel in the title role of Marcella. And she's a detective and... At the beginning of this series, it opens with her... It's a dramatic opening, actually. She's on the top of the roof of a building, and it's like she's going to jump. We don't know what's going to happen. And then we go f- back in time, 12 days before, and we see that the team, her team are investigating the murder of a young boy. This boy's found in the cavity of a wall. Um, he's dressed in a school uniform, surrounded by like cuddly toys. And then she rapidly realises that that boy who's died is the friend of her son and he'd gone missing years before and this is his this body um and then through the investigation we get to see all the people that are suspects so this boy who's found in the wall the flat next door is that of an aging rock star who seemingly like lost his marbles a bit probably through drug taking um he is played nigel planer of young ones fame yeah neil in the young ones i knew him from somewhere yes Yes, oh. great. Neil, and also his um, agents played by Keith, Keith Allen, Allen, another legend, father of Lily, oh, legend. Yeah. All the legends, <laughs> um, and also someone else they investigate is a local paedophile um, played oh. by Peter Sullivan. He is a right nasty bastard. Not NB, mm. total NB, oh, obviously. Um, and yeah, so she investigates. In tandem to this, we get to see, as always, her relationship status. She's currently having an, a bit of a. An affairs, maybe too strong a point. She's like sleeping around with her boss. Um, and we see that her ex-husband, who we saw in the first series, is very much moving on with his life. He's come out of rehab and he's having a relationship with his rehab nurse and is about to 
take it to the next step with her next level. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's there's subplots, but I can't be bothered with those. So I'm not going to describe them. Oh, it's not be bothered. There are subplots, aren't there, Steph? I mean, I, my first impression of this first episode was. Sorry, one last thing. Oh, I'll say one Kate's last thing. Kate's got a hand up. Sorry. She does want to go into one of the yes, subplots after all. She's changed her she mind. It's a reverse yeah. ferret. What do you want to yeah. say now? <laughs> um, this ferret has reversed. It's um, to say that she has um, blackouts, fugues. Yes, is it called of course. Um, fugues. Fugues. Mm. Slash blackouts. Where she is else. not in control of herself. She is often violent and she doesn't remember what she's done. Well, that was, wasn't the premise of the first series. Yeah. That she's had Because she has these blackout fugue things. Yeah. She could have been involved in a violent crime Ostensibly. herself. Can Ostensibly. I just... Yeah. I, I now have my hand Stave, up. Steph's got her hand up. Stave. Right. It's like a I'm cross gonna... between Steph and Kay. Stave. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's our new name. Um, right. I'm going to shock you now. I didn't watch the first series. Here's the reason, okay? I was sick to the back teeth of people going on about that ruddy, bloody Parker coat that she wore. Oh, and I was like, I'm not watching this because it's like... That is so irrational. I know, but it sounds irrational. This is the new Ricky Whittle. Classic that picture Steph. of her Classic in that ceiling. coat. And I was like, I don't want to So she's not allowed to be cream. warm. I, was like, I do not want to see that green so hold Parker on. anymore. Dystopia, mm. Whittle... These are the things you irrationally hate. Anna Friel's Parker coat. Coats that are coats. overspoken about. So Luther, you don't like Luther's coat. Hold Ooh, on a minute. But the... what I'm going to say now is, okay, I know I love Luther. Don't you ever <laughs> say anything like that about me and Idris. Okay. Right. But I realised I made a grave error here because I loved this episode so much. And I was like, but the, my point about saying this is that I don't know anything about Marcella or anything. So I was, she, I was like, oh God, I sort of didn't want to watch this because I thought, oh God. And I don't understand any of the backstory. So a lot of it was confused. But I was pleased to see she got a new coat. It's yeah. a nice you know what? stack. Steph, Steph, I've got some breaking this news. This is all addressed by Kay in yeah. her interview in with, interview Anna, with Anna, Anna I in the it new up. issue of Heat magazine. She did say, look... Seasonally wise, it didn't make sense to wear the Parker because it's a warmer well, climb. Glad. But glad. it does come back. Oh no! Yeah. In the interview, right in the in the interview that Kay did, there's a lot of spiel about you know all the character and the motivation mm. and the this yeah. and the other. And but then suddenly, you get the to the key moment this is what where I mean, Kay goes, what, "What about yeah. the iconic coat?" But that's what and then Anna Phil in the interview says, "No, no, you idiot." Obviously, I'm not sure she's called Kay an idiot, really. I feel like Boyd is maybe putting words into yeah. Anna's mouth well, right now. Yeah, and she says, "You know, it's shot in a different season. I'm not wearing a winter coat, obviously." But, but says, that actually, is, that is a good point news. because I do wear coat it later news. on, though. But anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I, just like, well, oh, I don't really God, know what you mean, no, because to hold a coat, a coat so against the programme is absolutely But then everyone was buying ludicrous. those green parkas and I was like, oh, for God's sake. It just aggravated me. Anyway, I'm a fool. I'm a fool, Pogs, because I really like this. And I was like, but then I feel like, and you can tell me, you there are things in this you absolutely do not understand unless you watch the first series is that correct because i was a bit confused i don't no, think so, I don't think so you, at all which one okay about? so first i was like what when he when she says to her ex-husband oh you're out of rehab i felt like you needed probably to know a bit of that backstory no i think I it's think fine to really like he's in rehab, in rehab. Okay. Um, then also the situation with her son is he is there something eerie with her son no Okay. No, because no. it's all new. Because the fact that the son, what's new is the fact that the son knew this murder of it, this poor boy. So and he then, didn't go missing last season. No, 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 no. This is a new, and it, there's an interesting, it's quite helpful inter interview with the guy who wrote and created it, Hans Rosenfeld. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Scandi Noir. <laughs> he is. He wrote the bridge. Which, I of like course, your favourite... Okay, The Tunnel. The Tunnel right. was based on. Okay. So he is deeply immersed in the world of Nordic noir, right. right? And this whole show is kind of structured and very much like a lot of the classic Nordic noirs with a lot of plot strands and a lot of all these um, different possible people who may or may not be involved and you don't really know how. 
being shown to you in right from the beginning. It's all a bit complicated. But that plot line about the boy, her Marcella's son, mm. being having a connection to the victim, he came up with that for this new series because he wanted to have okay. a way of her being personally linked to the crimes and all the same taking place with the fact she might have been involved in it That's in what, the first series. Okay, and well, the other thing is, you know, she's got this partner. I couldn't quite work out whether he was her equal or whether he was no, sort of in charge boss, of her. Boss. He is her boss. Yeah. Okay, so this is the thing. In, in Kay's uh, interview, she describes him as an F-buddy. Hmm. F no, star no, no, star no. K I'm not talking about buddy. him. I'm oh. talking about the Asian guy that she works with. Oh, is oh, he her equal? No, he's slightly senior. above her. Yeah, yeah Ray Pembaki. Se- Ray Pembaki. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. seems really annoyed that something she does something that goes a little bit above no, his head. T- yeah, because well, she's basically joke, pillow talk. No, no, pillow talk. Yeah, she had told um, the guy that she's sleeping with, who is both their su- uh, superiors. To, information about the case that she hadn't told him so he's a bit like come to me first she's more than capable of unprofessional behaviour oh my god that's what annoys Ray Panthaki about her Jamie Bamboo is the one she's sleeping with the F buddy the blackouts are they something that arose from something that happened in the first Uh, well I asked her about this yes indeed and she says that so we don't know that so Boyd and I even when we watched the first series we don't know that but okay. Anna said, like, have, during the series... Yes, have you watched episode two no, of this series? I've watched episode two, and in episode two, she gets um, psychological help, and they're starting... They're going, what is going to happen, clearly, is they're going to take her back to an incident yeah. that will have sparked these blackouts. Okay, and one... This, sorry, this really is Another hand-up question. Who... There was a reference to her husband having had someone murdered, may or may not have had someone murdered. That's to do murdered. with an old case, but actually, that's irrelevant. Is it irrelevant? Yeah, don't worry don't about it. Don't get hung up on it. But this is what... If you come to it fresh, then these are the questions. I mean, I... Just let it flow over you, but I think, because a lot of... Th- we're introduced to so many different um, characters. I mean, there's a whole thing going on in the first episode involving this millionaire um, mm. man who owns Sub-plot. a company, Vince, played by Jason Hughes, and his wife, played by Victoria Smurfett. And he is, I have to say, the a brilliant stereotype of an evil businessman who's exploiting <laughs> his workers. And another character is one of his workers who's on... Um, what was it called? Um, zero hours. Zero hours contract, and there's literally discussion about what ha- yeah, zero like hours contracts are. Direct, isn't it? It's mm. like it direct, is like... but it's a very like they're addressing this topical issue, um, political issue, in a very I thought incredibly sledgehammer clunky manner. Yeah. So, and you don't know what the hell connection they are to the main. And crime also, at all. The, the man who's on zero hours, his um, sister is yeah. at a food bank, yeah. and it's a all food bank. Yeah. So there's low, Social there's a lot commentary. of stuff, a lot of stuff going on mm. in this thing. Now, I thought it was. I think that from I like that. I like the fact that there's those things going on. You don't know what. And there's a whole, there's all horrible, nasty stuff going on with mm-hmm. a boy, a young man being kind of tortured. You know, and you don't know. You know, I have if no you're idea. Squeamish what's happening with, with eyes, that. Pogs. Oh, do let me just say before we all give our vote of what we think of it. I was a mate having seen episode two. I warn you now, episode two has some really nasty, awful stuff involving young characters without wanting to spoil anything, right? And I'm amazed. I think this is one of the most, the darkest, most daring in terms of the subject matter mainstream ITV primetime things I've ever seen. Really? It's really horrendous. Yeah, because I mean, the, at the beginning, one of the characters, as we said, is, is a child abuser, yeah. a paedophile, who, admitting his... his um, he did 15 years. Yeah, right. Now, all of that, that is a big theme of this series, and it kept even more kind of involved in the second episode. I, I have to say I was shocked. Do you know what? Yeah, you, yeah. Where are you? and nothing oh. shocks me. Do you know what I have to say about this paedophile, right? Mm. I thought it was very interesting because you don't often see on TV a paedophile who's so unrepentant. And he says stuff like, um, you know, he's not a practicing paedophile and like the fear of prison is greater than the the desire to practice sexuality and he's a victim too. It's it's a disease. His line is he's got it under control. He's also got a girlfriend. 
who, oh, we, meet, yeah, who we meet in the second episode, which oh, is very interesting. I, and I commend it for yeah, it's quite bold, bold and brave. Mm. And I think I'm one, my guess is, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is all speculation, but the fact that this Hans Rosenfeld, who's such an internationally renowned, admired writer, I think because he's got, he's so respected, he can get away with Free it. Free reign. I think if he'd been a young, you know, do you know what I mean? British, I don't think they would have got away with this stuff. Really? I think I would have gone, no God, way, can so we put this out? Oh yeah, it gets also, quite, it's grim. Also, to be fair to him, it's, it's that reason, but also it's because they've got a, right, a successful first series under their oh, belt. Oh no, yeah, of course, award I agree, winning, absolutely. So. You're right, yeah, and that as well. But the whole thing, yeah, it, it's, it gets pr- pretty unbelievably grim. But I think, I, I'm, in, I'm in slightly two minds about it because I think it's really Ooh. gripping and, and, and I love the boldness of it mm. and I love the dark subject matter. I think it's, it's almost mm. like horror, some of it. Yeah. Which, and I love good horror. But equally, some of it's really clunky. The whole thing about this millionaire guy is unbelievably mm. clunky and I obvious. Feel, I didn't really understand that, well, me, if I'm honest. I didn't understand more why of it was yeah. in it. And then there's odd moments. It's interesting that he writes it in his Scandinavian, whatever his language is, and then it's, it's translated. translated. And I feel oh. some of it... Some of it, some of the dialogue is a bit basic to me. So I'm, I'm nitpicking. I still really enjoy it. I think it's great. Is it as good, is this start as good as the last season? Yeah, because it's very... It's, I it's, think it's a good start, to it's be fair. Like, it's incredibly dramatic, dramatic yeah. isn't it? And a great, um, it's a great, horrible, nasty, eye-catchingly mm. weird story, isn't it? Should and I, I think watch the first season? Yeah, you'll like it, but... I watch the whole of this and then go back and watch the first okay. season. It's a different. It's a great case. And it's serial killers, you know. It's mm. you're going your favourite subject. You yeah, love a you killer. love a serial killer. I do as well. Mm. You know, going back to Infinity Seven on this film. So I, I really liked it, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's like flawless. I think it's he- quite heavily flawed, but I still really, really like it. What do you think, Kate, as a fan of the show? I, well, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great opener, especially the opening scene, and I. I got I you know these subplots yeah they just didn't do it for me and I was like right. I don't do you really need them and we kind of talked to her in the interview about that and she was like look just stick with it though because these actually turn out to really be really big things and they'll develop further which obviously they would do but I just don't know if you needed them in the opening episode but um what I love about Marcella is her character and the fact that she yeah. is oh, so she's great. deeply flawed she's such you know there's so much depth to her and what I enjoy is that throughout the series you, you know getting to know her more, you get to know more about her personality and her characteristics and everything she's been through as much as the actual crime. And I, I really enjoy that. I think that's really good. Steph, what's your, what's your feeling in the I end? really loved it. I'm, I was like, I was totally gripped. I, Anna Friel just picks such good things, doesn't she? Um, yeah, I thought it was five stars. I thought it was brilliant. I really wanted to go back and watch the first one, but I'm going to watch the rest of this now. You said that. There is one really funny thing about it, I have to say, because the Nigel Planer character, this old rock star, who yeah. I feel is an, an amusing character, <laughs> and Keith Allen, his, his band that he was in is called like Swiss Coast or something. It's so funny. It's like, something out, it's like something out of Partridge or, you know, the League of Gentlemen or something. It is really quite funny, the whole Swiss idea of it. Coast. And at one point he's looking through, a, a, you know, like a kind of, scrapbook yeah. <laughs> things, a preposterous scene so yeah, is, there are moments of preposterousness I think in this but I think it's fine I think it's incredibly entertaining I'm giving it four stars I'm, four giving, stars. It, I'm giving it four two. Oh, yeah. maybe because I've never seen it before I was just like this is really good and talking about ending she said there's a big shock at the end that would just Ooh. have everyone going no oh, good. so yeah. how many stars are you you're, what, you're veering towards four I'm going five. Five? No, I'm oh, going five I really really on. liked it um, it is on Marcella Series 2 begins on Monday the 19th of February at 9 o'clock okay and mm. it will carry on being like that for the next 8 weeks I'll tune in do starting on Saturday unusually I think that is an unusual yeah for Sky Atlantic I feel what Sky Atlantic's doing here slightly is climbing aboard that Saturday night BBC 4 thing I talked about Are they? yeah Saturday night is the new 
big night for um, crime drama because the BBC puts out Hard Sun as well mm. and Taboo. People they really like that Hard Sun. I think they like it. And also I think maybe Sky thinks, so people watch the um, foreign thing on yeah. BBC4, currently your favourite. Mm. What's it called? Spiral. 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 <laughs> maybe then after that, they'll go and turn over and watch this on people Sky Atlantic because it's high drama. end. It's yeah. high end. See, this is Mosaic directed by Steven Soderbergh. Do you want to assail this story or? I can give it a go. it's quite, yeah. Okay. Go for it. So. GFI. Olivia Lake is a very successful children's author, okay, played by the wonderful Sharon Stone, who I have to say, I didn't actually think did anything now, apart from like go on yachts and party and stuff. You see her in Cannes, you see her at various places. Lots of do-gooding. Sorry, not do-gooding because you always Charity that, so. work. Charity work. <laughs> Lots of good charity work. You don't see her in many new films. You're right. But you yeah. don't, no. no. Anyway, welcome back. So she pl- plays, oh, she's she's a mature lady, um, and as she is in real life, she <laughs> plays a children's <laughs> author. <laughs> woman of a certain age. She's a woman of a certain age. That phrase which um, Helen Mirren hates, by the way. Oh, Don't well, ever say that to Helen Mirren. Oh, God, if hell's listen, we have to yeah. apologise because anyway. she won't leave a review. Just, Mirren. yeah. yeah. Anyway, so she's a children's book author. It, the whole thing starts with um, a kind of a flash forward yes. to um, Garrett Headland, the very attractive Garrett Headland, um, being confronted by a police officer um, about the fact that there's been a murder. <laughs> As okay? they say, murder. midsummer murder. There's been a murder. murder. <laughs> there's been a murder, and he's confronted with all the evidence. It's actually a really amazing start. He's he does this whole kind of monologue of this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and what are we going to have to do about this then? And then Garrett Hedlund says, I don't know. What, what are we going to do? Anyway, then you go back four years. I love this reenactment. I know, it's like, being, it's like watching it right then. <laughs> I aim to please. Um, then we go back four years to find out how the how Olivia Lake and Garrett Hedlund's character meet. And um, he is kind of an aspiring artist, and she decides to take him under her wing but she decides which has to nothing to do with him being completely fit yeah <laughs> him being sexy she is kind of like a, I don't want to call her she's not desperate but she wants company <laughs> she's lonely she's oh, lonely I, and also she's just very she's very successful mm. confident she's in a woman. vast a vast big house well see I think she, in not, Utah yeah. small town Utah she's lonely yeah, but I she's think in she's, need of but company I, think she, I don't think she's confident I think she's quite insecure yeah I agree okay. yeah, so anyway so she, this guy moves in he's got a girlfriend by the way. Well, but she, but she moves him in, sorry to interrupt your otherwise very Glowing. comprehensive yep. reenactment. Yeah. <laughs> she, re-enactment. Hold on a minute, boy, because oh. I was about to say she moves him into a barn. Yes. So on the property. But why? So, because so he's a can... would-be artist. Yes. So the whole excuse is she thinks he can use her thing as a studio. I know. Well, yes. As I said previously, did you say that? He, yeah, well, he she, was a would-be artist. <laughs> is that a mislisten from me? All I ask a is you to listen to every single word I oh, say. I do apologise. Okay. So he's moved in and she's going to get him to help around the house and stuff. She's also got this little friend. Handyman. Who I'm... Is it is the little friend Pee Wee Herman? Yes. I'm really... Paul Rubens. I, this is what very confusing legend. to me. Okay, so Pee Wee Herman, if you know who that was, was a strange character. Um, yeah, but he's also in this. And then <laughs> it comes to light that there's some kind of... What is it? It's like stuff waving her hands around. I don't know. But I don't know how to describe it. On her land. Oh, yeah, they're all after her land. Yeah, they're all after her land. Anyway, and then there's a. Go on, okay. No, no, go on. And there's some nasty bastards who are trying to get her to sell this land, okay? Including a neighbour. And so then a con artist enters her life. Con artist. Yeah. Yeah. Who tries to. Who's been employed by the neighbours to try and convince her to sell the land. He's preying upon her and her insecurities. 
so effectively, there's this, there's the Sharon Stone character is being, there's, she's surrounded by these men, really, so far, mostly, yeah. who are all want something from her, don't they? That yeah. all look, are being helped by her. And so I think it's all being lined up. This, I mean, we don't see this yet, but I feel it's all being lined up that she's going to be killed by one of them, maybe more of them together. And it's all about who's doing it and what's happening, how it's playing out. Do you know, very interestingly, this, so this is an HBO um, series mm-hmm. in America. I think it went out on consecutive nights there. Sky, for some reason, slightly annoyingly, are showing it on a week-by-week basis, unless they put it all out on as a box set, but they haven't announced that yet. So it was like a drama event in America. And they also released an app in which you could (gasps) play along with it and kind of like um, look at the story from the different points of view of the different characters. Yeah, and I don't think they're doing that that here. here? No, well, I've checked. I couldn't find it on the... And I haven't... Yeah, Sky hasn't mentioned any of their press materials or anything. So I think that's a bit... So I think part of the whole idea of it from Steven Soderbergh and the guy who wrote it is, you know, to make experience. it very modern, you know, multimedia experience. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to know how successful that was. Yeah. Because in theory, it sounds to... really great. But on, but when you're watching... Well, I was reading reviews really... that people seem to enjoy it. People oh, really? seem to, yeah, they thought it was quite a successful thing. So what's interesting, I thought, is that interesting about this is that on one, everything we've said about it, it feels quite like a um, fairly formulaic crime thriller in a way. There's, a, there's all these suspects and there's this victim... And it's being told in flashback, but it's in the the visual, the direction. It's so mm. it's so Steven Soderbergh. You know how he fluid scenes, and it's all like it looks great. Okay, do you know what? I think it's a really important point. Uh, the reason it's called Mosaic is because yes. she has this children's art center yeah. called Mosaic. Yeah. Good point. I mean, it's, yeah, Apologia. Yeah, fine. You could have said that, and I wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, minded if okay. you had or hadn't. Fine, thanks, that boys. Element, but, uh, that's good. Um, I think, yeah, but it, it really does. I think. Because, you know, often we t- you say about these things, everything, you know, most dramas these days are cinematic. You know, people try and, you know, Marcello. This is a bit different, though, This I is think. a bit different, isn't it? Mm. It looks different. It looks, it's very, I think it's shot in a very, almost like documentary, yet slick, very interesting style. Almost like sometimes he's like focusing on the characters in the foreground. But and everything's blurry in the say, background. And, but, really, yeah. but also sometimes the characters are completely blurred. Yeah. And it's, it's, it sort of sets up some scenes where the characters are really far away. Yeah. Which sounds I know. ridiculous, but... It's, they're the only thing in the scene. Like yep. there's a particular scene where um, Sharon Stone's sitting on a kitchen counter, and you almost can't see that it's her yeah, until it's he gets closer. Yeah. So I think that's the interesting thing for me. The actual plot feels formulaic, but the way it looks and the way it's mm. directed is fascinating. And I'm wondering where that that's all going to lead. And isn't it interesting that because of course in Basic Instinct, her most famous mm. film, she played an author. She played an author of crime novels, Ooh. and I do feel it's all. This is all. They, he's cast her. In a deliberate way. Now she's an author of children's novels. Yeah. She was a massively wealthy, living in a huge house in, in Basic Instinct. In this, she's living in a huge house. Mm. It's almost like commenting on her yeah. and her career and her most famous film. And I love all that. I think it's mm. fascinating. She's really, really she's good in this. She's brilliant. I mean, remember, she, Casino, she was oh. absolutely phenomenal in Casino. Because so, people think of her as just the woman who opened her legs in that scene. I know. Unfairly I in Basic Instinct. Okay, I'm sure you think mm. of her in that way always. I mean, that's what I was just thinking of. Yeah. But really, she's absolutely brilliant. So I'm, I'm mainly loving it for her. Garrett Hedlund's good. He's hunky, isn't he, and all that. Yeah. He's good, he's good, but yeah. he's not... I mean, I haven't only watched the first one. He's good, but it's really... This is about Sharon Stone. Oh, yeah, totally. This absolutely. is absolutely about her. Yeah. It's good to, you know, have her on TV, isn't oh, it? And right. also to representing an older lady. I, I like the fact... This is quite a basic thing to say, but... I like the fact that she hasn't filled like her face moves, you know, because like yeah, yeah, it's real. Oh yeah, she doesn't look like any work no, done. No, exactly, no and work. I like that. You know, oh my God, maybe, really she's good work. maybe she's having a kid naissance. Yeah, this is her kid naissance, oh. but it would be a stone. No, it would be stone naissance. Yeah, maybe that's what she's having. Mm. 
to Stone Revival. Oh, yeah. I, like I hope that. so. She's fantastic. Yeah, she 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 does look great, but of her totally of her age. Yeah, yeah but I like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm agreeing. I'm in full agreement. Okay. Roger. Um, <laughs> I um, I don't know. She. I don't oh. know how convinced I was oh. that she's some, you know, kind of tortured artist, though. Not tortured? Did you no, say tortured? I didn't, no, I did not say no. tortured. I don't think she's tortured. I just, I think... She's got she's, issues. She's got issues, but I think it's because... Or even oh, just, I don't know. She's just, I think she's just insecure because she yeah, hasn't insecure, had a boyfriend Yeah, insecure, that's the word. Ages. I think she's insecure. Yeah, I think that's, strong, that's true. She's, she's, she's in they're definitely, they're definitely need of male ex- company. Yeah. That's what she is. But yeah. they're definitely, or company, they're definitely, she's got a gay best she's friend lonely, played by lonely, Paul Rubens, yeah. Pee Wee Herman, who is brilliant, steals the, whole, steals the yeah, show. Yeah, he is good. He's hilarious as a kind of bitchy, you know, mm. slightly stereotyped figure, but, you know, he, he, you, you, you meet people like that and he's very funny. Yeah. I'm sure the character will be deepened as it goes on. He's great. And, um, you know, she wants, yeah, she wants company. She's, she's in this huge effing house mm. and her life's pretty empty. So she wants, to, I, think that's, I think that works very well. I enjoyed it, but, and maybe it's ironic because it's set in a snowy town in, was it Utah? Utah. It was just, the opening episode was just, Went out. It was quite glacial speed. It went. I didn't oh. find it pacey enough. Oh really? Mm. Glacial. She's used the word glacial. Mm, glacial. Too that's much pretty snow slow. for you. Yeah. Mm. It's not fast. Mm, it's I not. I didn't notice the glac- glaciality. No, I didn't either. No. I thought it was really beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. I liked shot. it. I mm. am going to go out on a limb go and on. I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Not that much of a limb. Mm, I'm going. I'm going to say four. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. It's a four for me. Mosaic. Begins on Sky Atlantic and indeed now TV next Saturday, the 17th of February at 10 p.m. I don't know why I'm speaking like that. It's very effective. Is it? Yes. Finally, in our occasional Oscar slot. Ding! (laughs) Lady Bird has been nominated for five Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, (gasps) Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. That's a pretty Who good... Is, is Laurie Metcalf the supporting actress in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So Greta Gerwig, this is, we've all seen Greta Gerwig in loads of rather good, I feel, American indie. Oh, what, She's like quirky, I just she? saw her in, what's the one she's in with Ethan Hawke? Yeah, it's very good, that one with Ethan Hawke. Oh, what is it called? Remember. I don't know, someone look oh, it up, God. for God's sake. It's a Google, I'll do it. Do a, it's a Google. Ethan Hawke she's in and she plays... Yes. She's not in Ethan Hawke. Well, well, she well yeah. actually. Steady. Oh, is she? Yeah. Steady on. Right, put the explicit sign on this um, podcast, John. Anyway, Greta Gerwig is an absolute brilliant actress and has been in loads of these great indie films, which Kay is about to tell us what the name mm-hmm. one of them. And this is her first job writing and directing, and it is based indeed on her own life partly, um, kind of growing up in a particular um, town in California. She had a very she had an interesting relationship with her mum, so it's partly about going back to her kind of days when she was about to go to college, the very first scene, she's having a row with her mum in the car and they're looking at possible ways she's going to go to college and she gets so annoyed with... This is not a spoiler because it is the first scene. She gets so annoyed with her mum, played by... So Saoirse Ronan, sorry, is the is the main character, the teenager. Her mum, played by Laurie Metcalf. She gets Aunt so annoyed Jackie. with her. Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. From Roseanne, indeed. That she opens the door of the car and jumps out, which yeah. I thought was a brilliant, and ends it's up being brilliant. injured for the rest of the film. Um, it sums up her personality, it does that one up, action. It does. So she's a maverick creator. She calls herself Ladybird. That's her own nickname that she's given herself. So it's her kind name of, is Christine. Yeah. So I think that gives you an idea that she's a maverick creative figure. She has a very tense relationship with her mother. Mother. It does kind of is unfairly harsh with her. I feel that's mm. quite clear. Classic yeah. mother-daughter relationship. It's a yeah. classic, yes. 
Um, but also a classic coming of age kind yeah. of tale, isn't yeah. it? So she's got a best friend who's quite a kind of also an ind- independent spirit and is very funny. Julie. She meets Julie. She meets these two guys, young guys. Yeah. One of them played by Lucas Hedges from Manchester by the Sea. And then another played by Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name. Um, these are kind of romantic options, yeah. if you like. So it's like, will she, won't she go with one of these? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's fairly, I would say, plot light. It's a, it's a character study, isn't it? it? More is as much as anything. It's absolutely about mother-daughter relationship yeah. and best friend relationship. Yes. Yeah, every single relationship that you can have at this really kind of pivotal time in your life when you, especially in America, where because America is so vast that when you go to college in America, you literally can go eleven hours away from your family to a completely different coast. So she's on the west coast and she wants to get to the east coast. She wants to get to New York to be as far away from this life that she has. It's all about coming to terms with what your relationships are, where you live, where you come from. But like you say, plot light, but it's so beautifully done. And Saoirse Ronan is such an incredible actress. I just, I, I can't think of a film that she's done where she hasn't been brilliant in this, and she is fantastic in this. I loved her in Brooklyn, if you was at last, oh, last yeah. year's Oscars. She was amazing. And she's, oh, it was a couple of years ago. Was it a couple of years yeah. ago, Brooklyn? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was last year. No. Where does time, the time flies go? in Oscar land. In this really, podcast really room. It does. Um, yeah, I think she, Laurie Metcalf, if she doesn't get Best Supporting Actress, she plays the role of, because the mother is so, it's such a hard role to play because she's conflicted. She loves her daughter, but she plays it in the way that I imagine lots of mothers feel, in that she really loves her child. And there's a brilliant scene where she's, where her daughter, Ladybird, says to her, I just, I just really wish you liked me. Mm. And the mother doesn't. A crucial imme- difference. The mother doesn't immediately. She says, "Of course I love you," and she says, "Of course I love you." She's like, "Yeah, but I really wish you liked me." And then she doesn't answer her. No, and no. It, you can see like her mother is pained all it's the way through. It's difficult to watch, actually. <laughs> it is. Don't you think? It is difficult to watch, but it's so authentic. Is I think the best word for this. It's such an authentic portrayal of a mother-daughter relationship. I really loved it. I hated it. No. <laughs> I loved, yeah, I mean, it's just everything about this film is beautiful yeah. and uh, completely heartbreaking yeah. and a must watch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hey, wonderful. It's been broken. I found it very, like, moving mm. um, for all the reasons that you've stated I'm not going to repeat. Wow. Did so, you like do you it, know this, You know what this means, don't you? Kay thinks we've gone on too long. No. Um, no, I'm But joking. as soon as I finished it, I just thought, <laughs> yeah. I just, so you know, it was so thought-provoking. Plus, I just like immediately, I was like, I want to watch that again. Mm. Yeah, you can watch and it. And there's no higher recommendation from me than saying, "Pogs, go to the cinema and watch this." It is. Um, yeah, I agree. It is. Don't wait for DVD. Don't wait, don't wait for the DVD. We, should be, we definitely shouldn't be waiting for the DVD for this. Nor um, Phantom Thread, which is the one you recommended. Mm, people I mean, know. Fourth time, watched it full time again the other oh, day. Did you? Yeah. Fourth time. God, you're obsessive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of uh, one of the best films of the year, yeah. Lady Bird, is going to be. That was a brilliant bit of syntax. That was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yoda, Yoda. One of the best films of the year. Yeah, Lady, Bird Lady Bird is, is going to be. be. Um, <laughs> it is everything about it is perfect, and I think it, the very interesting thing perfect. about it at the moment, I feel the two favourites to win Best Picture are Lady. Bird. Three billboards. No. No? No. What? Get out. Get out. Shut up. Yeah. You know <laughs> shut what? Shut up and get out. I won't shut no. up. Because oh, as no. we d- yes. As we discussed when we reviewed Three Billboards, you can go back to that and re-listen. Um there's controversy still about that because there's this mini backlash about but it's the still race. Winning all the awards. Yeah, the British awards and the and other awards, but not the so the thing about the Oscars is because it's a preferential ballot, I'm not gonna go into it. So among the however many loads of films nominated, mm. you it's 
in the end, it's the film that has the least number of haters that wins. It's very interesting. That's depressing. Actually, that is really interesting. Yeah. So, sorry, explain that to me again. So it's, a, it's a preferential ballot. So, you, you actually list in, in order films that you like, right? Right. Mm. And so, a film... Like, that, one to five. One to five. Okay. So, a film that everyone, a lot of people hate, won't get any of those votes. But the films that generally have a lot of support and people, it may not be their f- number one, but... This kind of film, I think the two films for me yeah. that will have the most general support and won't have a love-hate-it thing about them are Lady Bird that and Get Out. That is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So you're saying that if you've got a Marmite film that yeah. some people absolutely rave about... Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's not go- so last year, La La Land was the favourite, but I feel La La Land is a Marmite film. I find it completely overrated mm. and annoying because it's you know some people hate it. I'm going glo- to gloss over you no, saying no. that. But I whereas hurt you. Moonlight, which won famously in the end, everyone generally accepts. Everyone it as a can good appreciate film. it's oh, it's God, the, reached the level of literally taken on a whole yeah, new meaning for me now. It is different now. Yeah, so it's so weird. It's, yeah, so I think Ladybird could well win Best Picture because it's you just watch it. Everyone will like it. All those thousands of people who get sent the screener of it to watch all these you know. Academy voters, yeah. they're all going to be like, oh, that's great, that's great. And I think it could win. So, oh but anyway, God, so do I, I love it. Fingers crossed. I think Greta Gerwig has proven herself to Oh, be I hope she wins Best genius. Director. Is she up for Best Director? Yeah, she's up for Best oh, Director. She'll really be the, hope one of the very, very few female Best Director nominees ever. I really ever. hope she wins. Saoirse Ronan, brilliant. Laurie Metcalf, incre- I always loved her I, in Roseanne. Laurie Metcalf has not had enough awards in her life. No. I really feel like... It was like... the Eternal Affairs. Remember she was in that with, um, with um, Thingy Bob? From American Gigolo. Richard Gere. Oh. Richard Gere and Laurie Metcalf are in are the detective duo in that film. Internal Affairs is one to watch on the iTunes. Find it on the iTunes. Forget Okey-dokey. about Shirley Valentine. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really good and she's great in it. And originally the part was supposed to be a man and the director just went, oh no, I'm going to get Laurie Metcalf to do it. And she did it. She's great in it. Well, I love her as Sheldon's mum in The Big oh, Bang Theory. Fantastic. She is great. So it's a five star from me. It's a five star. Don't wait for DVD from me. No, it is a five star. It will make you... It's, it's, it's lovely and beautiful, but also sad, isn't it? it yeah, but it, uplifting, and yeah, uplifting. Um, Lady Bird is on in cinemas from next Friday, the sixteenth of February, is or even this Lady, Friday. Is it not Lady Bird? It Two is words. Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Oh God, you are blowing my mind. I know today, boy. it's a mind blow. Finally, it's, it's that time. Question time. In honour of Steven Soderbergh's venture into television crime drama, I thought we'd ask, what's your favourite Steven Soderbergh thing? It can be anything. It can be that other TV series you didn't watch, you've never heard of, that I uh, mentioned called The Nick. Steph, what is your favourite Soderbergh film? Or even TV thing? Well, Even though you've only seen one TV thing. I've only seen one TV thing, because that's all he's allowed me to see. I think it's going to have to be... Julia Roberts, Oscar-winning performance in Erin Brockovich. Good point. Excellent point. Well Well made made by me. Kay, let me remind you, this man has directed Brockovich, Sex, Lies and Videotape, Behind the Candelabra, remember? Oh, that's a great film. Oh, did he direct that? Oh, I didn't realise that. Out of Bloody Sight with George Clooney and and Lopez. Jennifer Lopez is one good film. Best performance. Solaris with Clooney. One good film. The Limey. King of the Oh, Hill. did he do Michael Clayton? Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, Ocean's 13. He loves Clooney. Traffic. He loves Clooney. All of those films. Magic Mike. The original Magic Mike. That's, that's produced probably the, sequel. the best of Magic, Magic Mike's Magic really Mikes. good. He produced, he directed, sorry, Shay. A film about Shay Guevara. All of these things. Kay, what are you going for? She's doing a doodle right now. Um, I'll go for Magic Mike. Good choice. 
and what I've decided now is when I don't oh. like the question, right? You're going to just I'm going to have an alternative question. What's your alternative question? What's my favourite soda? Okay. What is your favourite? And soda? I'm going to go for Coca-Cola. Which Especially type in the glass in the glass bottle, it tastes different, doesn't it? Yeah. Or in holiday, um, on holiday with a um, lots of ice and a slice of lime. Well, let me put this to you: mm. What is your favourite burger? So we'll have your favourite soda and your favourite burger. Then See that would I've be that there. would be a fillet of fish. You know that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Boyd. Boyd. <laughs> Good work. Well done. I'm impressed. Um, you will need to answer the three questions: your favourite Steven Soderberg, <laughs> your favourite soda, and your favourite burger. No, favourite soda is a Fanta orange. Fanta orange. Yeah. Oh, I love Fanta limon. Oh, okay. Yeah. My favourite burger is the veggie burger in Grubs in Brighton. Ooh, yeah. that's a very specific. Yeah. When I was when I was went to university there, it was absolute must. It was like a nightly event, and it's still oh. there. Grubs <laughs> in Brighton. How many burgers are we consuming? Veggie burger is great. What makes it so it's nice? It's just the perfect consistency for a veggie burger. You know, some veggie burgers can be Kay's got a head in her hands because we've just taken so long. Well, it's her fault. Was yeah, she brought it up. It's her fault. Um, it's just got perfect consistency. It doesn't taste like meat. Right. It it's not like it, it's vegetables, Probably but it's really vegetables. good. What is, is it a brioche bun? Because that always makes um, a difference for me. I don't think it is a brioche bun. No, maybe yeah. it is these days. I mean, it's years since I've had one, but I know it's still there. Okay. And more importantly, my favourite Steven Soderbergh. So I'm going to shock you here. I oh, hope, God. Because I love Soderbergh. I think he's an absolute. Genius, and I love. All, I even love the bad Middle Oceans film, which is really self. No one likes that. No, no one, one likes that. that. I Catherine like it. I do. One. I no like one it. likes that. I do. Oh good I do. God! But my favourite of his films is one of his little-known films. I think one lesser-known films, Side Effects. Have you seen Side Effects? So who's in it? Rooney Mara, oh. Channing Tatum. Yes, I have seen that. Jude that Moore. is a brilliant film. Oh my God! You've shouted. I, Good that response. is an absolutely brilliant it's film. It's a brilliant film. It's a Hitchcockian thriller about prescription drugs. Yeah, it's really good, It's mind-bending. It's got a brilliant twist. More than one twist, really. Yeah, much more than one and twist. And it's brilliantly intense. And do you know what? And I think it also is the most the thing that he's done that's most similar to this um, TV series. I think it's got Such a similar a tone to it. You should watch that, Pogs. It's a brilliant yeah, film. Yeah, so I love, I absolutely love side effects. And on that... Is it Catherine Zeta-Jones in that film? Semi bombshell. I think she is. Yeah, I think she is as well. Yeah. Is she? Um, yeah. There, we have to say on on that semi bombshell, we have to say goodbye because we've taken way too long. Kay's practically out of here. She's got a <laughs> coat on. She's halfway to India. No one's <laughs> asked me what my favourite soda and burger is. Oh my god! I mean, Kay's. Okay, quickly, halloumi the burger. The true crime is going to happen. And soda. I like cherry aid. Ooh, cherry aid. <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross. Okay. Um. Steph and I will be back next week. Kay's off. She's going to be off to India. Johnny, Johnny boy is going to sit in. Yes. Yay. JD. Great, in the hot seat. Great few What weeks. can we expect from you, Johnny? I think podcast recommendations. Just shrug. Sure. Throwing, his, shrug. throwing his hands up in the air. Shrug. We're going to miss Kay. Um, we we will pretend. do a satellite link up. We will. Um, <laughs> if her in No. Bombay. So while I'm off, I set you the target of getting at least 30 reviews. Okay. So I'm now setting a sub, sub uh, test. Done and done. No. Thanks, Steph. Um, it's a no from me. Anyway, it is a goodbye from me. I'll see you next week, but not Kay. It's a bye from me. Mm. Have a lovely holiday, Kay. It's a goodbye from me. <laughs>